more fluid than what the naked eye is seeing. Really? Okay. Well, you can, yeah. You can you can explain that today then. Okay. Well, dude, that's dude, that sucks about that. USAC USAC lost a lot of credibility with their decision making. Really? Oh yeah. Damn. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, of course, Thomas Brandon, and my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What's going on? Oh, not much, man. We were just talking a minute ago before we before we fired things up, and we got a bunch of, bunch of interesting stuff happening um, in the world of racing, especially on the dirt side of things, uh, considering... Yeah, pretty dopey today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll dive into all the USAC controversy. Uh, Plus, you know, Extreme Outlaws, uh, the Midget Series has rained out this weekend, unfortunately, at uh, at for the uh, at Illini, so that's a bummer. But we did have some other racing that happened over the last week. Um, Brad Sweet finally got his first win of the season, which was really cool at Votto. We'll talk about that. And then, of course, the big controversy coming out of Coda this last weekend as Ross Chastain, the man who's been, we've been talking about him the last couple of weeks, been battling up front in track house and he got the win at coda with the the move he put on um which was more of a shove to the rear end of almondinger there uh the last couple turns before uh getting the win and uh it was uh it was cool i i enjoyed the race what did you think of the the race keith man i i thought i thought the race was really good I'm I'm, I'm with you, man. I liked it. I liked it. Um, we talked about it last week that you know with these cars, they're really built for for road racing. Um, I'm on the side of you know I I don't think we need more road races. I mean, I think you know the number that they've got right now, which is you know five or six on the schedule. I think that's more than enough. I if anything, I would want to see more short track racing um, with these cars, but. Yeah, I mean the race at the race at Coda was a good one. Um, it was definitely exciting. Uh, Chastain he had the lead there, you know, and he had one lap to go. Almondinger, your driver, you know, last week before the race we 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 picked our our drivers. You had Ch uh you had uh, Almondinger. I picked Christopher Bell who ended up third. But you know your Almondinger closed the gap. He, he there was a massive gap and he was able to make it up. Um, in that last lap and he gave Chastain a shove and got the lead and if you were watching the race and listening to the broadcast um, you know you knew if Chastain was going to get back up to him he was going to move him and when those two were battling you had Alex Bowman who really it was like he came out of nowhere he just like popped up out of the ground all of a sudden and he's battling for the lead and as Almondinger and Chastain are going out here comes Bowman and Chastain moved Almondinger um, out the way. Almondinger did end up in the gravel, which was really unfortunate for him, and that's where a lot of the controversy is coming from. Um, the, you know, basically, what you're hearing is people saying, "Look, Almondinger moved Chastain. Chastain owes him. That's fine." But Chastain didn't move him. He put him in the gravel. You know, and Almondinger didn't end up, you know, third or fourth or even fifth. He ended up like 22nd, and so that's where the controversy is coming from but me i'm i'm fine with it I, I you know it happens um you knew you knew it was coming uh and yes it went bad for almondinger and that sucks but overall i was fine with it what did you think of it uh as far as the move goes man i mean you gotta do what you gotta do to win 
Yes. Now, 100%. now with the new with the new points breakdown, the way you win and you're in the playoffs. In order to get in the playoffs, you have to win. Yes. And I like the move personally. I know there's going to be a lot of people that say it was a a dirty move, a shitty move. But you also got to think, AJ Allmendinger moved him first. Mm-hmm. Did he wreck him? No, he didn't wreck him, but he moved him. The point yes. of he moved him. So Ross Chastain turned around and did the same exact thing that Allmendinger did. Yeah, maybe not as far as to the extent as him wrecking, but I am a firm believer that if Allmendinger, if Alex Bowman ain't there, AJ probably saves that car. Yeah, and I think I, I'm with you on that. I think part of the, the issue was the fact that Bowman was there. Um, it made it much harder for Almondinger. He wasn't able to save it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it ended the way that it did for Almondinger. But, you know, if you listen to the broadcast, you know, Tony Stewart and Clint Boyer both were like, I'm completely fine with that, right? Like, that's that's the way it goes. Almondinger did it and got the lead. Chastain did it and got it back. And that's that's uh, the way that it goes. And, and us racers, you, you, and you know where we where I'm going to come from from this. If you move a guy, you better expect to be moved on on the later end. Exactly. And and, and it sucks for AJ, and it, it really sucks for that team because they probably had a, a, a race-winning car. Yes, they did. The they downfall did. is is AJ probably should have done it in the last two turns and not turn eight. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, when you're talking about a track that's got, what has it got, like 16 corners or something seven, like that. Yeah, something 17, like that. Yeah, you know, some astronomical amount of corners. Um, that's that's unfortunate, you know. And like you said, he, you know, he, he could have waited, um, and definitely that would have been uh, more beneficial, right, if you're, if you're, if you're waiting, um, you know, to – to make that move so it gives Chastain less time to make his move. But, you know, the, the hard thing about that is, and, and we always talk about this, and it doesn't matter what type of racing you're talking about. I mean, heck, we talked about this in sim racing, right? Where when the opportunity's there, it's hard to pass it up. You don't know if you're going to get it again. And the opportunity was there. Almondinger took it. And unfortunately, you know, looking back on it, yeah. Be like, hey man, should have waited, you know, because it it went so bad. But you know, he had it. He had the opportunity. He took it, and it just went poorly. And you know, to I I'm betting if you gave AJ Allmendinger some truth serum, he'd probably tell you he'd do the same thing again. Um, you know, maybe maybe uh maybe move Chastain a little bit more so Chastain doesn't catch back up to him. But uh, yeah, you know, I I. I don't think we've seen the last of AJ Allman. You know, that's only the first road course they've got. Like I said, I think they've got four or five more this season. And I imagine we will see him back up towards the front in those races uh, when we get to him. You know, Sonoma's just in like two months. You know, we got Sonoma in June. Um, and then it's literally right after Sonoma. It's like only like a week or two after Sonoma. I think two weeks, maybe three weeks. They got Road America. Um We've got the Indianapolis road course this year. We got Watkins Glen. So, I mean, you know, they've got quite a few, got, what, five on the schedule this year. So I'm, I'm sure Almondinger will have another shot at it um, because he is so good on the road courses. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully he can get that win that he uh, missed out on on Sunday. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing. AJ will have plenty of opportunities to get a win. Hell, he could probably even win on an oval. Yeah, he can. A- the, the, guy can the guy can drive. The guy can drive. 
yeah. And and I get his frustration at the end of the race, man. I'd be mad too. Well, absolutely. But on know. the other hand, it's kind of like, come on, dude, you 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 moved him mm-hmm. when there was eight more corners left. Yep. And what'd you expect was going to happen? You know, if the roles right. are re- if the roles are reversed, I can tell you right now. Had Chastain moved Almendinger for the lead, and then Almendinger moved him back, that I mean, it would just be racing, you know, and that's I, I, that's the thing. And and I will say one thing from the race, um, man, they they've got to do something about the corner cutting. As yes. far as yes, that's it's got to be a fine issue. line in the sand. You can't just not penalize this guy and then penalize this guy. Yeah. Now, like Chase Briscoe, he was pushed off, and then they they were going to penalize him. Then they appealed it. They won the appeal, and then. Earlier in the race, there was guys physically cutting it mm-hmm. to gain an advantage, and yeah, yeah, I, I feel like they need uh, to put some sort of either turtles down through there or some some sort of movable barrier. Yeah, they got to do something about that because yeah, you're right, you can't have that. And we talked about that, um, you know, a few weeks ago when we were talking about the F1 series and what how the season ended last season. You know, for them, any time that you have gray area. It's really, really tough. You know what I mean? And when you start having to interpret things, right, and you start having different race directors who are going to see things, you know, in different ways, it can become a problem. So, yeah, I'm with you. They need to figure out something with that. You can't have um, people, you know, just taking advantage of it, right? And the fact that, look, if you, you know, you look at the situation where, you know, they, they get moved. They're going to get penalized. They appeal it and they win the appeal. Like, dude, that can't be happening during a race. You know what I mean? Like, what are you supposed to do? Hey, man, just keep pushing for the next five laps. We'll let you know what happens with the penalty. Like, you know, like you can't have that. It needs to just be black and white. Hey, look, man, you were out of bounds. You got to drop back, right? Like just boom, plain and simple. Okay. Um, Even in the situations where, you know, you're forced out of bounds or something like that, right? Like there is a black and white way that you can do that, where you can look at that and say, hey, look, man, this other driver forced them out of bounds. Then it's don't put it on the guy who went out of bounds, put it on the guy who forced him out of bounds, right? You know, there's ways of doing it to where it can be more black and white. Because like you said, then you're going to end up with people who are starting to, who are going to start taking advantage of it, right? You cannot open Pandora's box like that because race car drivers are going to find any edge they can. That's just the nature of the sport, yeah, and and that's the thing. They, when you when you put a gray area there, guys are going to push it. They're going to see how far they can go with it. Oh, absolutely. We talked about this with um, when it comes to the rules, right? You know, where it's you know uh, looking for a competitive advantage with the car and and how they're you know how they're built and you know trying to you you push those boundaries as far as you can. You don't push the the rule. You push the enforcement. Right. And if the enforcement is, you know, 10 miles of gray, well, then guess what, man? You got a lot of area to dance inside of and that stuff is going to happen. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I would like to see them put something there, turtles or, you know, a movable barrier or something there, because that's like that type of stuff. You don't want to see that happening. No, no. And in like the corner cutting deal, I don't think guys were necessarily doing it. I'm not going to say on purpose. No. But like in Chase Briscoe's defense, he was pushed over there. Yes, he was. You, you, you could see it from multiple camera views, and and even then, that that could be an idea too. Mm-hmm. 
NASCAR should take an official next time they go to Coda and, and put an official there. And your job is to watch this area. We'll put cameras here too. Yep. And not just one camera. We need multiple. Maybe an overhead view. Maybe maybe a view from the the guardrail on each side of the S's there. I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know what their idea is to do. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there there's got to be a way to fix it, especially when we go to Indianapolis because the same thing could happen there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. You know, you've got those tracks that that have those areas that you are opened up to those types of situations. You know where. You know, somewhere like a Watkins Glen, like that type of situation, it's it you you're not going to see that come into play like you will at a Coda or an Indianapolis. So, yeah, I'm with you. They got to do something. I think they will because they don't want that type of thing happening. You know, NASCAR has really been, um, you know, I got to give them a lot of credit. You know, um, we talked about it before the season started and I really looked at this season as kind of a make or break season for them with the the next gen car and all the stuff that they were trying to do um you know whether or not they could kind of find their way on the right path and so far things have been things have been good you know and so i I do think they'll figure it out and hopefully they figure it out soon um because yeah like like you said you don't you don't want that type of thing happening um and and punishing somebody especially um you know if the situation is you know like we had where it's it was accidental and then the last thing like you know, like I was just talking about, you don't want that driver who's forced out now having to be sitting there racing, wondering like, oh my God, am I going to get penalized? I'm going to have to give up these spots. Like what's going to happen? So yeah, they should get it figured out soon. But yeah. And the good thing is NASCAR is full of innovators and they'll, they'll get it figured out eventually. I mean, with a new car, with, with uh, track limits, because they really don't, have any track limits as far as road course goes no they, they don't, don't. They at, don't. at Watkins Glen it's fair game anything with pavement on it you can run you, you're at your own risk yeah exactly but you can run it yeah it may not be beneficial to a point but mm-hmm. you can run it and the corner cutting part it's just astronomical that guys would think okay yeah nobody's gonna see us take the lead if we cut this corner here <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah so all in all it was really cool to see Ross Chastain finally get that win. Um, that was it was just an awesome thing to see. Um, right now, as it sits, uh, with that win, um, you know Chastain is now he's fifth in the points. And you know you look at the points right now, and you've got you know Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Alex Bowman, and Ross Chastain. I mean you're talking about he's up there with the big boys. If you look at the current points. Um, the top six cars, right? What is it? Three of the top six are Hendrick and you've got Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney, right? Like those are, you know, you're talking about top level teams and then you've got Chastain here with (laughs) Trackhouse. So it's really, really cool to see, um, that happen. Yeah. You know, and so I'm, I've, I've been really, that's one of the biggest things that I've, um, been happy about this season watching is these guys um and track house has been on a roll the whole season but watching I mean, let's these be guys honest. yeah coming into this, with them. yeah yeah i mean let's be honest coming into this year would you have thought track house would be a dominating team no, no not absolutely at all. not and mm-hmm. now with the new car 
They're not in the even playing field per se because Daniel Suarez still ran decent last year. Yes. Not to the point where he's running this year because he was dominant at Coda. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and my other than Chase Briscoe and Kevin Harvick, Trackhouse is more dominant than Stuart Haas right now. Yes. That should be concerning. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, if I'm sitting in the Ford camp, I'm like, all right, they're a two-team, two-car team, new. How are they dominating like us? We need to get back to the drawing board. But we all knew coming in, this new car would allow smaller teams to be better. And it, Trackhouse is taking full advantage of it, and I don't think they're done. No, I don't think they are either. And when you look at it, you know, you start looking through some of the numbers and stuff like that. You know, Ryan Blaney has led the most laps this season at 206 Chastain second at 156 right like I mean he has led more laps than than Byron or Chase Briscoe Kyle Busch Chase Elliott right Kyle Larson right I mean like it's he is it this these aren't flukes he has been running up front all season and it's been just awesome to see it really has been so oh it's been great great yeah. for the sport yeah and, so and like I'm looking said, forward to the rest of that the rest of the season Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Trackhouse can do the rest of the season. Because yeah. like you said, a fluke win. Yeah, that comes at Daytona. It comes at Talladega. Mm-hmm. You, you went on a road course, or now they got to go out and prove that they can win on an oval. And then, then they'll be like, all right, we're, we're here. Yep, exactly. And they are, they've already made that statement this year, I believe, because both Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez has been very fast. Yes, they have. They've shown very good speed and consistency at the speedways. You know, I mean, we've talked about Chastain battling up front the last few weeks. So I, I absolutely think we will see um, one of those guys uh, knock off a win at a speedway this season, if not multiple. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, we're only a few weeks into the season, right? I mean, there's only been, you know, like, five, six races. So, I mean, like we've got a lot more racing to go, right? I mean, we've had six races this season. So, you know, you're talking about a, what is it? A 36 race schedule. I mean, they still got a long ways to go. Oh, a long ways. And, and even talking about how track house is being pretty dominant, I think, I mean, you, you could put them, I wouldn't say the championship talks or as far as championship favorites, but if you take Kyle Larson's win away from Hendrick Motorsports, Trackhouse has been more dominant. Yes. Because ever, ever since Kyle won his first race this year, mm-hmm. you don't really hear about Hendrick as much. They're, I mean, Chase Elliott's kind of struggling. William Byron, yeah, he won. But outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. Bowman they, had their run this weekend. But yeah. Yeah. They, they have not been as good this, this season, which is – to be expected, um, you know, we when you look at the differences, um, you know, with, you know, last season, you also, you know, you think about the focus that uh, these teams can can put on uh, future and stuff like that. And Hendrick, you know, they were in a championship battle, right? New season. You know, all this stuff after after last season and everything. And it's, you know, these other teams, right? Like you when you're starting off with an even playing field, you know, it makes it just all of that advantage that Hendrick had had with the other car for all those years, like it's gone. It's wiped out. Everybody's starting from scratch. And it's just when you've got that, um, you know, and you can take advantage of it and track house has, 
Um, it makes things really, really interesting, and it's been really fun to watch. I mean, I, Hendrick, I'm sure, will figure it out, um, you know, along with the other teams, you know, Gibbs and and, and those guys. Um, but yeah, right now it's been really, it's been really fun, man. And I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I haven't, I have not enjoyed NASCAR racing this much in a long time. Yeah. And, and as a fan, man, I'm, I'm excited to see the rest of this NASCAR season play out. Like I'm always loving the trucks because they produce good racing. And I finally think the cup series is reaching that point. Yes. Yes. And with the exciting, fun racing. So It'll be it'll be really cool. Um, these next couple weeks are gonna be obviously really interesting. Um, this week they are at Richmond. Um, we've got the you know a couple of short tracks on the schedule. We've got Richmond this week. Then the following week we've got Martinsville, and then we've got Bristol Dirt, which is obviously gonna be interesting. Um, I'm I'm gonna just tell you right now. I'm not a huge fan of the Cup cars running on dirt. We, me and Keith, have talked about this a ton. You know, I'm trucks want to run dirt, like that's cool, and I'm all for it. The Cup cars, I'm not a huge fan of it. No, um, you know, shouldn't even do it anymore. Yeah, so you know, I like I understand they're trying to what they're trying to do. I'm just saying I'm not. I don't really like it. I would much rather see them add you know, a, a, a real short track, you know, hell run, run actual Bristol. Don't run dirt, but well, we'll see what happens with it. But yeah. So anyways, awesome race, man. A lot of, lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, some controversy out of it, but yeah, at the end, in the end, it was a, it was a cool race to watch. Definitely fun. It was exciting. And yeah, man, congrats to so Ross far, Chastain getting that win. Finish of the year. Yes, it was. It was a good, it's gotta one. be. Yeah, it was a good one. So, so yeah. Good win for Ross Chastain. Speaking of first wins, last year's champion, the three-time champion in the world of outlaws, Brad Sweet, finally got his first win of the season at Vado Speedway Park, um, and it was in pretty much dominating fashion. Uh, Sweet had the pole and basically led the whole race. Uh, there was a couple of close calls. Old Sheldon Hodenshield threw a slider on him. That was, I mean, when you talk about when you talk about dive bomb sliders, old uh, old Hodenshield definitely had that perfected. Almost ran into a lap car in the process. It was, uh, was he wild. Was, I he was see going. That. That he was, was going for it. Yeah, he was going for it. But uh, Sweet was able to cut back under him and uh, get the win. And so that one was really cool to see. You know, a lot of people. It's so funny how. Um, you know, you've got someone like Brad Sweet, and I mean, obviously, me and you haven't been saying this, but you got someone like Brad Sweet who has won the last three championships in a row. And when we talked about this after he won last season, where you're in rare company, you look at all the drivers who've won multiple champions, and you know, the list of people who've won three in a row is so small. Right, you're talking about the Kinzer, Swindells, Schatzes of the world. Like this is not something that happens very often. And then he goes on a little bit of a cold streak, and now all of a sudden people are thinking he's done. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing um, that you know that there'd even be people saying that. So it was good to see him get a win. Um, I still stick by what we talked about before the season. I really do think that, um, you know this season that it's going to be a you know David Gravel or a Sheldon Hodenshield who's gonna get the championship. But just with that one win, Sweet is now 
back in the lead. He's now leading the points again. Consistency. Yep, and that's the thing. And, you know, he talked about that in his uh, interview after the race. And did you watch the whole race, Keith? Did you happen to see the race? Um, I just watched the highlights. Okay, so he actually talked about that um, in, in his interview after the race. And he had mentioned that, you know, we're – at the end, you know, towards the end of the season last year, they're, they're running for a championship. And, you know, a lot of times those aggressive moves that's, or those aggressive things that you need to do to get the win when you're looking for a world championship, you don't push that envelope, right? When you're running third or fourth, you know, why take that chance and risk finishing 20th when you need those points? And you saw them do that, you know, towards the end of the season. It obviously paid off. They won their third straight championship. And, you know, this season as well, you know, they've been consistent. Um, although this was his first win, that was his 10th top 10 and 9th top 5. He is leading the series in both those categories. So he's back up front. He's got a 32-point lead on Gravel, 34 over Mercedo, and Hodenshield is 50 behind. And I, I think that's where the championship's going to be. I think it's going to be one of those four guys. Mercedo has really impressed me this season. Um, with what he's been able to do because he, you know, he, he seemed to pre in previous seasons, he seems to have kind of a slower start to the year. Um, he doesn't seem to kind of pick things up until after like the first quarter of the season. And this year he's been on it from the jump. Well, and that's the thing. Like if you're, if you're wanting to win a championship, you, you can't just, I mean, you can do it by consistency, but it makes it tougher. Mm -hmm, exactly it's really tough and and when you try to win a championship like brad sweet yeah you can be consistent to a point and then there's just that time where all right it's time to turn the wick up and we we need to start applying pressure to everybody else and in like i i heard a couple of things about brad sweet past couple of weeks that he's washed up that his his talents finally coming back down to to earth per se and it's kind of like Dude, they're just getting started. They're, yeah, you you got to get in a rhythm. You've got to get a good a good rhythm build up, really, because you got ninety seven freaking races. Mm -hmm. and, exactly. And Brad Sweet's the guy where you don't count him out. You don't count him out till Charlotte. Oh no, and, you don't. And I and I'm with you. I'm impressed with with Macedo. He's not really ever started as good as he started this season. And yep. to win championships, it's, that's what you got to do. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that people were saying that stuff was so ridiculous. You know, he's he is literally like 34 years old or like 35. Like, I mean, he's this is this is not 60. He's not 60. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. nobody would sit there he's and in say the prime that. of his career. Yeah. I mean, think about Donnie shots, right? Like people wouldn't sit there and be like shots done. You know what I mean? Like that guy, I would still take Donnie shots over 99.9% of the drivers on earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean like that dude can still drive, man. Like, Even in a late model. Exactly. Right? Like the dude can just flat out drive. So to be like, yeah, everyone's catching up with him. He's done. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Like, yes, oh. we talked about that at the start of the season. I, I thought that this year was going to be the year for Hodden Shield. And look, Sweet's got the lead right now, but David Gravel has been phenomenal this year as well. You know, those guys, I mean, it's really been those guys at the front each and every week, right? When you talk about um, Gravel, Macedo, and, you know, Sweet and Hodenshield. 
and I think any one of them can win it. But to think that like Sweet's done, like it's just ridiculous, man. And 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 I'm gonna say something, and I hope it don't rub nobody the wrong way. They want to say that Sweet's washed up. He's done. What about Jason Sides? Yeah, exactly. Let's be honest. He's a field filler for the world of outlaws. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that's committed to just come out and have fun and run every race. Yes. And be semi-competitive every three weeks. Yep. But those same people want to say, well, Brad Sweet's washed up. He's done. And Mm -hmm. I want to be like, well, well, what about the bottom half of the list? Like Wayne Johnson, for instance. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why he's not running full-time outlaws. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Brad Sweet's good. Brad Sweet's a champion. He he's he's a great race car driver from wing racing to non-wing to midgets. Yeah, the guy can drive anything. Don't count him out. No. It's not like Kyle Larson. You don't you don't want to bet against him. No, uh-uh. Exactly. Don't don't back him in a corner cuz then he's going to come out swinging and I'm sorry, but you're going to be disappointed when he rips off eight wins and yep. he could do it. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, it was good to see him finally get get a win, um, long overdue, because yeah, he uh, he uh, people. I mean, it, it's not like he's had bad luck. That like I just said, he's had ten top tens and nine top fives. So he's been more than consistent, and that was his. Uh, I think it was his seventy fourth win of his career, and that puts him. I think he's almost. He's ready to pass. Oh my God! Is it Stevie Smith? I can't remember who it is that's on the all-time win list that he's getting ready to pass. Uh, yeah, think, Stevie Smith. Stevie Smith is uh eighty-four. So yeah, so if he can get, and I imagine he'll get past that this season. So if he can get, um, right now he's nine wins away from tying Stevie Smith, which would put him inside the top ten on the all-time win wins and, list for the Outlaws. And he's just not passing an everyday foe. Stevie Smith was a yes. stud. Oh my God, yes! I remember watching Stevie Smith when I was a kid, man. <laughs> he was, yeah, awesome. was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome, man. So now he, now he makes awesome titanium bolts and stuff. Yeah. I love, I love yeah. how guys leave the racing community as far as retire, but they stay in it some way somehow. And Stevie Smith started a, a pretty good business for himself. Yeah. So congrats to Brad Sweet. I'm sure that I'm sure we'll see him in victory lane a whole lot more. But yeah, that was it was a cool race. Definitely fun. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good one. So but we've got to get into the news of the day, which is this stuff with USAC. So uh, it's been and I didn't even you were telling me about it before I hadn't even heard. We talked about it a little bit last week about the tire doping and the testing and stuff like that. But stuff has come back. You were just filling me on in on it before the start of the podcast. And we've got to dive into this because this is some huge news. And keep in mind, you know, the extreme outlaws, the midgets were supposed to run tonight and tomorrow. They are rained out. And so there's not a lot going on. And and so the magnifying glass is just that much more on USAC. So Keith, tell, fill us in on what's what's happening right now. All right. So during the winter dirt games, they, they took some tire samples from four teams and I will list them four teams in a second, but they, they took tire samples about like how the world of outlaws did with the non-wing stuff and mm-hmm. they failed the bench test. So in, they sent them tires to a lab to get the results from what I'm gathering, they failed. And then they sent them to two other labs to get 
another opinion. But what they're not saying, and I don't expect them to say it. I mean, it's eventually going to come out. Whether it be different drivers in USAC, teams, car owners, it's going to come out what's really going on. And from what I gathered, they, they allowed those four teams to select different tires in their shop to send out to get tested. And of course they passed. Of course they're going to pass. When a team knows that they are going to get tire tested, they're not going to send tires covered in softener. It's just not going to happen. You'll never no. see it through any form of motorsports. And I don't care who you are, whether you're the richest or the poorest. Nope. You're not going to do it. Nobody is going to dig their own grave. Nope. And they allowed it to happen. So in turn, yesterday, they put out the press release. Nobody was penalized. That, in my opinion, and this is just me speaking as a former competitor, a fan, and a car owner because I owned my car, USAC just lost a lot of credibility. Yes, that's What credibility huge. they had left. The competition director, and I'm not going to name his name because I don't, I don't want to talk crap about him because I sometimes still talk about talk to him has just buried himself a very, very deep hole because now you're basically opening that door to allow other guys to do it. Yes, that is. And, and if, you're trying, if you're trying to get rid of the tire doping in your series, you've got to penalize the guys that are doing it. They did it to CJ Leary a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. He was suspended for multiple races. Just seen the outlaws do it. They, they dropped the hammer on both mm -hmm. Justin Grant and Chase Dawkin. Yep. They got, they got monetary fines and they got race suspensions. The same thing needs to happen across the board in all series. I don't care if it's the outlaws, the Lucas Oil late models or whatever. Yep. It's got to be the same. It's got to happen. It, when, when you announce that tires failed bench testing, those tires failed. Those teams failed. Yes. They didn't just pass overnight and oh, and, and what's even worse, what makes it look even worse in my eyes, the, one of the guys that passed won the Winter Dirt Games in Emerson Axum. Yeah, see that. The other one finished on the podium. The mm. other one finished on the podium. There, there was a total of four teams, four big teams. You had Klaus Marshall, um, AME, which is Tanner Thorson's team, Justin Grant, again, and I, I hate to say that because I'm good friends with Justin Grant. I was good friends with him when I was racing. And Chase Stockton, again. Yeah, that's, How, how that's, you uh... are going to allow them to c compete still and not give a penalty fine or take points away, take money away, take races away from them, suspend them three races. You did it to CJ Leary. Yes, I get it. It's a different competition director from then to now. But I am a firm believer if Levi Jones is still the competition director at USAC, this wouldn't be happening. There would have been fines. There would have been penalties. There would have been something, not just, uh, oh, we sent them off to other labs. And, and little does everybody else know, and I've found out through the grapevine, that they allowed those same teams to go to their shop and get tires to send. Now, yeah. if you bust me for tire doping, I'm not going to send you a tire, tire tire dope. That's common sense. I'm not going to do it. No, of course not. I'm going to send we're you a brand new right rear, and I'm going to take the tag off of it. Yeah, of course. That's We talked about this um, before we started re recording the show. 
That what? would be like, you know, being on probation and going in for your drug test, and then the probation officer saying, we need a urine sample, but by the way, you can pick what urine it is. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not giving you mine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah, I mean, let me go and, find someone in the parking lot, you know? And for those, those of you listeners, I know you're confused when I said I feel dopey. This is what I mean. This is yes. what I mean. No, I'm not on drugs. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> higher dope. Tired of it softens the tire and it gives you a, an added advantage. Yes, and there's and, and there's dopes out there that and, and this is the thing. There's dopes out there that not only soften the tire but can also lengthen the life of it. Like there's some incredible stuff you, that they you can, can do run hard. You can run super hard for thirty laps on a right rear and it barely be worn off, and you'd be like, "What yeah. the hell?" And it'll have more grip than a soft tire. Like it's in, yeah. it's insane. It's insane. It's in, it's unbelievable that big teams like this would want to push that gray area, especially when you're trying to go towards a championship. Because now in my eyes, yes, Emerson Axum is a great race car driver. But now as a fan, when I sit back, it's like, damn, I wonder if he would have done that good without the tire dope. Exactly. It puts everything into question. And that's what we were talking about when we talk about race car drivers and racing teams you push to the level of the enforcement. And when the enforcement says, hey, if we catch you, nothing's going to happen. And if we ask for a tire, you can give us whichever one you want. Why would anybody run you wouldn't. fair? You wouldn't. No, and not only that, now you're literally opening it up the door to where it's saying, hey, look, man, if you want to be competitive, you've got to do this. Then that's the thing that people don't understand. And it goes back to when I was racing. There was guys using traction control, which is, you're not allowed to do it. Yes. It's so dumb. Like, I don't understand why you'd even want to give yourself that advantage. Because when we go to slick tracks, now we know, well, he's got a, he's got traction control on this car. We're here to run second. Yeah. And and what the tire dope did for Emerson Axum, that racetrack was slicked off. Mm -hmm. It helped him. It gave him a very very big advantage and oh now, yeah and now that all this is coming out it makes sense because who's chasing him down there mm-hmm. tanner thorson yep. who's chasing tanner thorson down justin grant yep <laughs> i mean the writing's on the wall and yeah. unfortunately what comes with this with them coming out and saying ah we're not gonna suspend them repercussions happen and they're yeah. happening now keith coons announced yesterday because of usac's inability to punish guys when they need to be punished has now costed USAC a team. Yes. Not just a little team, a very big no, team that, no. that yeah. brings seven or eight midgets, which they're still going to do on the midget side. They were fielding a car for Buddy Kofoy to run for the USAC non-wing championship. They folded. They're done. They're not going to race with it now because it's not an even playing field. It's not fair. Yes, I get things should should there be some fairness? There should be. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this to this magnitude, oh yeah, it best be fair. It better be fair. So now in my eyes, if I put a car together tomorrow and want to go race next weekend, yeah, I'm gonna run some tire dope. And if they bust me, I'm gonna be like, well, you got four big teams here that you didn't bust, and I, I get why. I don't get it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna not say that I don't get it because I do get it. And and if I'm Justin Grant, I, I'm sitting back and I'm worried because why I have NOS backing me a hundred percent. What comes with NOS a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. Because not only do they field him in the sprint car division, but the midgets. And now it makes you think, damn, I wonder if they're doing it in the midgets too. Yeah. 
exactly. And I don't think, and I don't think RMS would go that far because I don't, I wouldn't see team as cheating like that. I really wouldn't. There, there's guys where you could look at and be like, yeah, I bet he would, or I bet he wouldn't. And not only, not only that, they were supposed to run Saturday night at Lawrenceburg, which USAC canceled the races because it's too cold. I get it. It's supposed to be 35 degrees. Yeah. But before that announcement was made, Keith Coons backed out of the USAC. You had another guy that, in my eyes, was going to be a championship contender this year that was backing away from running USAC tomorrow, too, with Jake Swanson. That's another big team that you have mm-hmm. that is, uh, we're, we're not going to run it. And then Chuck Amati's team, not Chuck Amati, but the Amati racing team owned by Shane Wade, same thing. We're not going to run USAC. We're not doing it. And they put out there why they're not doing it. So it's out there. Everybody knows it's out there. I can't believe they allowed it to go this far and to be like, ah, it's no big deal. They're going to sweep it under the rug. It just, to me, to me in my eyes, knowing that the Outlaws have a non-wing series, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to risk losing what credibility and what teams I have left. And it just, I think it just buries USAC even more as far as the non-wing racing goes. And I, I feel like it's pushing it further, closer and closer for them to being able to be bought out. Yeah, it that's um yeah, it's a bummer because you know, we talked about it at the start of the season. I mean, we talked about when we heard about the extreme outlaws coming and then we talked about at the start of the season where this was going to be a big year for USAC. Um, you know, the outlaws, the extreme outlaws, both the midgets and the sprint cars, their schedule does not compete with USAC. Um this year you know it's it's not it's not like a usac driver would have to pick like okay i'm gonna go here or there you know they they they're not competing um but that does not mean in the future they won't and when you look at something like this that can really open the door for the outlaws right i mean world racing group you know like happen at a better time if you ask me yeah exactly like (laughs) i mean it just that's to say yeah i mean they're not sitting back going like yeah no we're just going to try this out for like a season or two and then yeah maybe we'll just we'll just keep we'll just keep letting it go on maybe like this no like they're if they're going to do it they want to do it and 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 sorry to cut you off but you know i know the world racing group just doesn't start a series to start a series no no And and what people don't know is World Racing Group tried purchasing USAC this past winter at the PRI show in Indianapolis. Does it push it that much further to where they they do complete a sale? Eh, I'd say it's it's close. It's closer than what it was before. I I you see that's one of those things is that it, I I I don't know if it would ever happen, but I don't I don't want to say that it wouldn't happen. Be and especially when like you said, if you start losing credibility, and like you said. You you when you lose a credibility team, credibility like, goes a long way. Yeah, and if you lose a team like like you talk about like Keith Coons, like that's a big name in USAC. Like that's one of those names that is synonymous with USAC. You know, I mean, as long as I've ever gone to USAC races, like there has been a Keith, a Keith Coons, Coons cars there. there. Yeah, you know, so you, you that's say a USAC big deal. Midget. You can't say USAC midget without thinking of Keith Coons. No, uh-uh. You Why? Know what because I mean? he brings eight cars. He yeah. fields eight entries. He he makes your series look really good when they show up and their drivers dominate. Mm-hmm. 
You and know? if I'm Buddy Kofoid, I'm pissed off because I just lost another chance of winning a lucrative championship in the USAC division. Yes. Yeah. And and I and I I will say this, I fully agree and understand why Keith Coons pulled the plug on it. Because I would have done the same thing. If I was a full time USAC car owner, I would have done the same thing. Why race in a series where they're gonna allow cheaters, I'm just gonna say it, cheaters. Mm-hmm. To get away with cheating. Exactly. Like I had a running joke with some people and I still have a running joke with people about I was going to go to Lawrenceburg tomorrow and set up a, a table in the midway and sell tire dope. Because it's <laughs> very obvious that, hey, we, we will allow guys to run it. Just That's know right. that you won't be suspended. Exactly. We'll, just, we'll, we'll take a tire from, we'll just say Hoosier, straight from Hoosier and we'll test it. Yep. Hell, like I told told a friend of mine i'll sell the tire dope and i'll even cut corners of tires out for you to send for sampling there you go kill two birds with one stone i mean one stop shop here you go (laughs) it just blows my uh my mind that would risk credibility and that's everything it's everything it It is is everything it's it's loyalty and it's credibility and that's two things i look at in a race series and if you don't have one or the other what do you really have what do you Mm -hmm. have to offer it's bad enough now that usac doesn't pay nearly as much for these drivers to make a living that's why they go wing racing yes and now and now kevin thomas jr sitting back laughing Mm mm-hmm Cause it just gave everybody that wears a USAC branded shirt, whether you be a track official or a car owner, a very black eye, a very big black eye. Yep. Unless you're the teams that was cheating and you was caught, but not caught. Yep. Just so, blows my mind, and I hate to get on a little tangent about it, but God but dang guys, no, what are you're we right. Doing? You're right, man. You're right because and and this is coming from. And, Two guys who even, love USAC. I don't want to see this stuff. And it's even worse knowing that there's a world racing group just started a non-wing division. Yes. Yeah, they're not competing with USAC, but let's be honest. There were some teams that came back full-time non-wing racing because of the world racing group. Yes. Not because of USAC. They came back to run the, the World of Outlaw Championship. Mm-hmm. And... Now you just lost them guys again for a second time. Amadi closed a couple years ago and came back to run with the World Racing Group and with USAC. Lost them twice. You imagine losing a team twice, twice yeah. in four years. Yep, exactly. I mean, if I'm if I'm the competition director, and I said this in a group chat, if I'm the competition director of USAC, I, I'd resign tomorrow. How could you? How could you want to go the rest of the year knowing that you just let four guys off the hook? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's and that's the thing. That's one of those things. It's not like what we were talking about earlier, right? This isn't this isn't gray area, right? You pushed beyond as a, gray uh, area. exactly. And like <laughs> we've talked about, because I want people to understand you as a driver, as a team, you push to the enforcement, right? They pushed to the enforcement and they got caught. And they got away with it. Oh, caught right, flat like out, especially caught. when you read the first press release. Tires mm-hmm. failed bench testing. Yep. That means you failed. That means you yeah. cheated. Not yep. exactly. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on. I I don't know. Yep. I just <laughs> it it it's gonna be hard for me to even want to go watch a USAC race now, knowing that they allowed four four guys cheat, get away yep. with it. Yep. 
Yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough, man. That it's a bummer to hear that. That, That's what that is. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a time. It's not a time this day and age when, you know, you have the world racing group and I keep mentioning them because they're a big, they're a big group. They bring a lot of money to the dirt track. I'm yes. not going to see community, but to the guys that run the outlaws, there's a lot of money at stake. Mm-hmm. And then you look at USAC and there's not nearly as much money at stake. No, there's not. And now, and now say Tommy's running world racing group and me, I'm running USAC. And now I got Tommy breathing down my neck Yep. because now I know, uh, we just let these guys get away knowing that we could lose 27 entries next mm-hmm. week. Yep. And you is just, yeah. And I they're guess. okay with it. Yep. That's a, that's what blows my mind. I just, yeah. mm, it don't yeah. sit good with me. No, it doesn't. And you, and you know, and, and that's the thing. And, and USAC has gotten, you know, over the years, over my lifetime, USAC has continued to get smaller right as the outlaws are getting bigger and i don't just mean by like popularity but i just mean by in general in total yeah right business everything right where usac was i mean yeah people think about usac now and they think of non-wing sprint cars and dirt midgets stuff like that dude back in the day they were everything right and we're not just talking dirt and asphalt right i mean they ran stock cars they i mean you like you said everything 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 those of you fans listening that go to dirt track racing that that follow usac or even watch usac the next time you go to a racetrack go find i want you to go find I'm not going to say the oldest spectator, but go find an old spectator. Go find ask, an older one, yeah. Ask, ask them about USAC, what USAC used to be. Mm-hmm. You, you will be very surprised. Then you'll sit back and be like, I wonder what really happened. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what, what happened, happened to it. the years. Why did USAC go from being, I'm going to say, the superior of dirt track racing yeah. to what it is now? Because... Tommy's right. They they did more than just dirt. Yeah, they did if you all want a USAC stuff. championship, nine times out of ten, you were racing with the IndyCar series in the next two years. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was a, a very big deal. Big deal. And mm-hmm. now and, and there was an episode where I mentioned, yeah, yeah, you want to be a USAC champion if you're racing in USAC, but is it that lucrative anymore? Not really. Exactly. Not 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 really. Because back when Jack Hewitt and the AJ Foyts of the world won a USAC championship. They went somewhere with it. USAC took them places with it. And the last mm-hmm. person to do it was Brian Clawson. And he took full advantage of it. Yep. Like I remember, uh, what was it? It was during the award ceremony. They would, there was cart teams there and IndyCar teams giving guys opportunities to race in the IndyCar series. Like yep. what was it? Years ago, USAC owned IndyCar. Own the cart series, late models, asphalt racing. They were across the country in the United States on all forms of racing. And now it's just, it is what it is now. And it, yep. it's sad to see and it sucks to see it. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a bummer. So <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully they can get this figured out. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I mean, I want to ask you if you was the competition director, USAC, and or even a competitor, how would you feel about all this coming out? If so, here's the deal. Because 
if I was if I was somebody who carried weight within USAC, right? So I'll, well, I'll I'll answer this from from two perspectives. So if I was somebody who actually worked for USAC, competition director, some form of upper management, something like that, right? Like somebody who actually carried weight within that company, I would be up in arms right now. I first of all, it would have never have come to this point if I had any type of say, and I had found out that oh hey, we we did these tests, all these came back that they that these tires were altered, and now we're gonna do another lab test, a different labs, and oh by the way, we're gonna let those teams send us whatever tires they want. I that if I had any say, that would have never have happened. It'd have been it'd no, never been that. it would have never have gotten that far. It would have been no. You have to punish these four teams now. And I tell you right now, I would have looked at exactly what the outlaws did. And I would have gone that route and I would have done it based on a percentage of what we have in terms of pay compared to the outlaws, right? So for example, outlaws, it's $10,000 to win, right? Ours is whatever, 2,500 to win. So that's the, I would have used that percentage, that difference in terms of that, that would have been the fine, right? It would have been, you know, if the, if the fine on the outlaw side is five grand, we would have done, you know, half that or 25% of that, you know, something along those lines. Cause you have to send a message that, look, we cannot have this. Cause like you said, when you start losing credibility, that's a huge deal. Look at what happened with major league baseball, right? And the, think about it. These are two completely different sports. I mean, you cannot be at, at opposite ends of the spectrum more than baseball and USAC, but it was the same thing that happened with steroids in the nineties. It got to a point where if you wanted to be successful in baseball, unless you were just some kind of, you know, athletic freak, right? And there's not that many of them walking around. You had to use some form of performance enhancing drug to even make it on the field, let alone be an all-star because everybody was doing it and baseball let it get completely out of hand and they lost a ton of credibility for that. You look at all of their records now, I mean, none of them hold any weight and that used to be a huge thing. Everybody on everybody in America knew what the home record was, home run record was, right? Everybody knew who Roger Maris was, even though they, even if they didn't watch baseball, they knew that Roger Maris held the record for home runs in a single season with 61 and that Hank Aaron held the home run record for the career, right? At 755. Everybody knew that you could walk up to random people and they would know that not even baseball fans. And now nobody cares. And with USAC, right, obviously it's not, you know, it was an America's pastime like baseball, but it's going to be, it can fall into that same trap if they don't get their shit together because people can start looking at things like that. Like you said, when you have drivers who are winning and they were a part of that, those tests that had come back like that, if they have not been punished, then you have zero credibility. You're going to look at every single win, top five, everything as a well, I wonder what's going on with their tires, right? Like it's, it's, that's what happens. And so for me, as a race director, someone who had influence within the company, it would have never reached that point. We would have punished him as a driver. It would be, I would be on the same path of Keith, of Keith Coons. I would be up in arms saying, look, you guys need to be testing this stuff at the track. You need to be doing this at the track. Otherwise I'm not running with you because I don't want to have to be put into a position to where the only way that I can be competitive is I have to now break the rules. You know what I mean? Because now it becomes a dog eat dog world and you don't want that, right? Like we talked about pushing to the level of enforcement 
Okay, when that, when that, in, when that, when those, when those lines get crossed, and it's, hey, look, man, you need to be enforcing this, right? When drivers want you to enforce it, and you're not doing it, that's when it becomes a real problem. So yeah, that's Absolutely. where I would be at it with it, man. And sitting here thinking, listening to you talk about the subject, Tommy, if it was me out there, just an everyday Joe, a low budget guy, and I got busted with it, I'd been banned. Exactly. Suspended, exactly. Fined. But since I got national, national help from companies nationally known, yeah, of course they're going to sweep it under the rug. Because not only is the driver's going to look bad, the team's going to look bad. Driven to save lives is big, mm-hmm. big in the nation. It could make him look bad too. So, was it done to not make him look bad? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But credibility goes a long way with me, and they lost it. Yeah, they did. And that, to me, I understand not wanting sponsors, you know, when you're talking about that kind of money and stuff like that. I understand them, you know, not wanting them to look bad. Especially NOS Energy, knowing that they they sponsor the USAC anyway. Yeah, you know, so I understand that. But at the same time, that's, you know, you're really cutting off your nose to spite your face, man. Shoot yourself in the foot. Exactly, man. You know, you're... You know, what, what's, what's more important here? You know, you've got, you've got a sick patient, right? With gangrene on their foot. You know what I mean? Did you chop off that foot and you save the patient or do you let that thing just infect the entire, the entire body? And that's, that's where USAC's at right now. And them not doing anything is really, really bad. And what sucks is they lost two superstars before the season started with Chris Wyndham and Kevin Thomas Jr. Leaving Mm -hmm. risk losing more. Yes. Not, not to say that Robert Blue's going to wake up in the morning and leave USAC. We no. don't know. I don't live with Robert to know, but it could happen. Mm-hmm. Keith Coons left. Yep. And that's big a big deal. deal. Big, very big deal. Because like, like I said before, if you mention USAC Midget, the first thing I think of is Keith Coons Motorsports, Buddy Goofoid, yeah. all them guys. And yeah. now it's kind of like, ah, now you say USAC and I, I think cheater. Yep. So yeah, Just that's sucks. tough. It sucks. It's a bad situation all the way around, and I don't understand why they would allow it to be even be a conversation. Me neither. Should, should have been nipped in the butt right there, but yeah, it should have. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But all right. So before we wrap up today, we got a question in the mailbox um ask three wide at gmail. So if you guys want to shoot me or Keith a question, ask us about anything, uh just Go to Gmail and send it to ask the number three wide, and that's all one one word. Ask three wide at gmail.com. We got one from Timothy. He said, What's up, guys? Love the show. And he's pretty straightforward about this. He said, uh, what's up, guys? Love the show. Keith, I want to know what's going on with the UMP modified. All right. Well, first of all, Timmy, thank Thanks for uh, writing in to us. So, Keith, what is going on with you? We haven't even talked about this, my man. So, what's ha- man, what they, happened with it? They sold it. Out oh, front damn. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. But, like, me and my dad sat down and we were talking. As of right now, we both feel with this is the way they are. Yeah. That it, it'd be best fit to wait, to wait it out because – Taking care of a race car is expensive, and then fuel for towing the race car is expensive, and when gas is huh, through the roof right now, it just it's not it's not a 
not real friendly right now. But no, it's not. We're we're working on more things. I hope and to come for the near future. I'm I'm hoping to be back in racing in some form or another. Got some things out. Got some feelers out. I wish the UMP modified thing did work out. But sometimes you swing and you miss. Yeah, that's a fact. So. And yeah, it's, it's, it, it's it hurts even worse knowing that they sold the car out from underneath yeah. it. But <laughs> yeah. people are like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's tough, man. Well, that's a bummer. I didn't know that. Thanks so. for the question, Timothy. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Thanks for listening. But yeah, um, you know, I was just at a week or two ago. I was at um, the uh, West Coast Nationals, which is an outlaw kart race at Red Bluff. And um, I was there watching uh, one of the guys on my sim racing team, Lane Stevens. So he was running it. And so I went out there and watched him run, um, hung out with him, met him for the first time in person. I right? is someone I've talked to online for like over a year and I finally meet him in person. But when I was there, I was just kind of looking around because my son is at the age now where he's wanting to get into racing. Like he hasn't made up his mind yet. He doesn't know if he wants to because I. He, you know, he wants it. He wants a dirt bike, but he also wants to race. And I'm like, look, buddy, you can't have both right now. All right. Daddy, daddy, car. daddy can't afford both, you know? And Go so race I know. And that's what, that's where I'm leaning. And he really, he's really wanting to race and he wants to do the outlaw carts. And, you know, even those things right now are the, the cost of them is so much money. Today's economy, oh just my ain't. God. It's just insane. And I, I was looking at it and I was actually crunching numbers because it was like, uh, you know, I was like, I will have to literally run if I were to if I were to get a outlaw cart for my son, I would have to figure out a way to make it part of my business, which I could. Right. I do. I have my own my own business, my own LLC, but I would have to to make it part of my business just to help with the cost of it. It's so expensive right now um, with race. And that's one thing I actually learned that a long time ago um, from my man, Ron Matthews um, when it came to race teams. And he was telling me about this because Ron was a really savvy businessman. And uh, he was saying that he was like, I don't understand why more teams don't operate as a business he's like even if you're just running your local track he's like if more teams would operate as a business it would help them in the long run he now obviously i was not nearly as smart or as savvy as he was and so there would be a lot more research that i would have to do but the way that he was explaining it made complete sense he was saying basically if you can set yourself up as a basically the way that he was explaining it is i'm trying to think of the simplest way to 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 communicate this so he was like a race team he's like think of it as a marketing firm as a marketing agency right sponsors are coming to you to sponsor you and what you're doing is essentially promotion it's marketing he's like so you want to assemble your race team as basically like you're like it's a marketing agency he goes and when you do that he goes now things can become write-offs right everything is in a sense, a business expense, your fuel, your tires, your parts, because the marketing vehicle that you're using, no pun intended, is a race car. And that's what I think we're going to have to see um, moving forward with a lot, not just the big race teams, but a lot of people with the cost of racing getting so expensive just because of the way and, the economy is. And, and to bounce onto the cost of racing, a little tidbit, 
and it ain't really came out yet, Hoosier Tires are about to jack their prices up again. Oh, I'm sure. Everything's that, jacking that, its that prices was a, up. That was another part of the consideration because tires are going to go up. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a tire shortage, and that's going to start affecting series, and it's yep. already affected the 305 wing car mm-hmm. nationals that they had in Texas. They had to cancel them because nobody had tires. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we talked about that. It's, so, yeah. Oof. Yeah, it just, it wasn't smart to get in the UMP stuff. Like, we really wanted to do it. We wanted to pull the trigger to do it. And sitting back and thinking about it and, and using our brains on it. And it was kind of like, ah, it really ain't beneficial to really do it right now. Yeah, it's a tough business Which to sucks. get in. It all, it dude, it, 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 it's tough to to budget for a race car because some parts cost $50, some some parts cost a lot. Yes, absolutely. So we had to take all that into to account, and then fuel prices, tire prices jacking up, and we'll get into that later when, when the prices do confirm. But from what I hear, they're going up by a lot. Oh, yeah, everything is. Yeah, I mean, people sit and they talk about you know inflation right now you know you hear i mean all these you hear all these uh geniuses at the fed and stuff like that being like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know inflation's rising seven ten percent i don't know what they're talking about i mean here in california it's more like 50 percent, right and i've got friends who live all over the country and it's it's more like 30 40 50 percent i mean just all over the place like it's insane you know, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And like you were just talking about, you know, some parts could cost 50 bucks. Some parts could cost 5,000. I remember when we were years ago, that $50 part cost 20 bucks. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I remember we had our midget on the midget team that we were, that I was a part of. And at that time we, we were running midget sprint cars, everything, but with the midgets we had, so we had at the time we had, I want to say it was four cars. And when we were getting things ready for a chili bowl and stuff like that. And I told the story about me having to make all the wheels and everything. A freaking nightmare. Well, another thing that I had to do was I had to swap out on the older, the two older cars. I had to swap out the bolts. Okay. And so Terry comes and he's like, Hey man, we need to replace all of these bolts with these bolts. Right. And so basically I was replacing, you know, steel bolts with titanium bolts. And I'm like, why the hell do I have to do that? He's like, cause it's going to save weight. Now, when you hold one bolt to the other, you're like, eh, this is a few ounces. Who cares? And he told me something that I said numerous times. He's like, count the ounces and the pounds add up. And that's true. But that one steel bolt is 35 cents where that one titanium bolt right back then was five or six bucks. You're talking about a thousand dollars just to replace bolts. Now yeah. that titanium bolt is $15. You know what I mean? Like and- it's, it's insane. And go look at these big teams like mm-hmm. Casey Kane Racing. Go look at the bolts on their car. Yeah. They, they just ain't no grade eight bolt from Lowe's. No, heck no. They're, they're titanium bolts from Smith Titanium, and they are expensive. Yeah, like one bolt's, you know, Hell, there's 20 even, bucks. I know there's guys at the Chili Bowl running titanium Zeus buttons. Yes. Yeah. Everything <laughs> now mean, is titanium and carbon, carbon fiber, and it's crazy. And, and anything with the word titanium in it, you better be ready to pray pay a pretty penny for yes, it nowadays yeah. than years ago where it was cheaper mm-hmm. not by much but it was cheaper yep yeah and so yeah right now when you look at the cost of like you said the parts the components i mean most people think about the race racing and it's like oh man i can get this race car for 10 grand and i could be racing it's cost you well, another 10 grand to yeah, pay for it though yeah or to, to to maintenance it mm-hmm. 
And then you got to pay for the entry fee and stuff like that. Because guess what, man? You're not an outlaw. They're not paying you to come. Like, you got to no. pay to race. So, and, and, and if you have a, one crew guy, there's another $35 for pit pass. Mm-hmm. Your tear-offs. Those, those cost a lot of money. Tear-offs. Yep. Depending on the brand. I'll say that. Depending on the brand. But me, I like the good brand. The racing optics where it's all illuminated together. Laminated together. And they're, they're good. They're expensive now. And it just hmm, sitting back and it was like, uh, I don't even want to do it because of the cost of everything right now. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, I saw a thing a couple years ago where if you were going to run a, a dirt modified, a national tour dirt modified. So basically if you're going to go run like the dirt car series, right? And the UMP modified series, it came out to about, I want to say it was like $5 a lap is what it costs. When you broke it down five bucks a yeah. lap. And uh, you know, if you're running a late model, it's like eight to $10 a lap. You know what I mean? Like just insane. And that was back in 2000, oh, maybe 15, 2016. I'm sure that that cost is, Close Multiply to double now. By 10 yeah. now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's a bummer, man, that you miss out on the UMP mod. Hopefully, hopefully you can get into something here one of these days in the relatively uh, near future. But yeah, thanks again, man, for writing in. Like I said, you guys, if you yeah, want to write us, it. ask us a question, just send it to ask3wide at gmail.com. But you guys, that's going to do it all for this week's episode. We will be back next week. Um, again, like I once again, uh, really quick, and I didn't—I don't think I mentioned this before, but sorry, we are a day later. Um, so, uh, Wednesday was um, Wednesday, and I don't—I don't even like talking about it. But Wednesday was my birthday. Uh, I actually had a hundred things I had to do that day. I didn't really celebrate it or anything like that. Um, and so yesterday was the day that I had a couple of things I had to get done, um, as well because it kind of spilled over. And so that's why we didn't get the pod out yesterday. But we will be back next Thursday um, with our episode. So, yeah, I mean, Thursdays or Fridays, it'll always be out at, at the minimum Fridays. But, but yeah, we'll be back Thursday next week um, to do this all over again. Really quick before we go, though, um, please, you guys, share this. Get this out there to all your friends that you know who like racing. Uh, help us grow this podcast. It is growing slowly but surely, which is uh, which is great. But yeah, if you guys want to do that, that would definitely um, help and support dope your the tires. show. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and don't dope your tires. So, but that'll do it all, you guys, for this week. As always, thank you guys very much for joining us. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Keith, my man, I will talk to you later. Sounds good. All right, and everybody, take care.